Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Hello again, everybody. Jacob Standridge here. Bidding you welcome to the Standing Brothers Show, episode number 108. Folks, I am excited. I am feeling great. I can finally say that I am back to 100% from my stint with the virus. Um, guys, I am excited for this episode. Uh, so no Joe. Uh, Joe, of course, is um, out for this Friday episode. So you're stuck with me. I do apologize. <laughs> I say that every time, but I do. Uh, I, I honestly don't mean that at all. Um, I really do enjoy the show, and I really do enjoy all of you guys who leave great feedback and tell me, hey, Jacob, that was a great episode. Makes me feel all nice and warm and fuzzy inside, and uh, I do appreciate it. Um, but guys, I am excited for this episode. Got some things to kind of want to talk about um, now that I am feeling much, much, much better. Um, I did want to talk about some Yankees baseball because I, I kind of opened the show with something nice and light that's not super heavy and dramatic and um, depressing at the same time. Um, but but it, all of those attributes <laughs> applied to the current Yankees baseball um, performance. Um, all of the good news happened while I was sick, which really, really sucks because, man, there's a lot to talk about. Um, a lot of great games. But this is the Yankees baseball team, of course. Um, those who follow it uh, got swept last night by the Toronto Blue Jays. And I am beginning to lose faith in this team again. Um, this team cannot stay consistent and play um, an entire month consistently. Um, we, we go from uh, playing the best baseball all season, 13-game winning streak, to uh, I don't I don't think we've won a series since um, we almost got swept by the Angels and then got swept by the uh, um, Toronto at home. So uh, there's, there's there's very little that I'm that I'm able to hold on to for this team, and that's just it's depressing, man. It's depressing when you when you when you go to two uh, Yankees Braves games and you see some top tier baseball. Other than a Rolders Chapman in Game Two of the um, um, ninth inning, but man, it's rough. Um, I'm excited for the Subway Series coming up with uh, the Mets. That's always a great rivalry, and you know, over the course of 9/11, which I'm sure that uh, we will talk about on on Monday. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about 9/11 uh, today, because um, honestly, though. When it comes to 9/11, I'll I'll speak on that briefly. Um, there are wild, um, wildly different opinions on the on the um, day. Um, whether you believe the narrative, um, which I don't. I'm trying to be careful here. I'm trying to be careful. Even if you believe the narrative of it, and you believe that they actually was a legit terrorist attack carried out by people. Um, um, who hate America and the terrorists or whatever, or you believe um, that it was an inside job and this was done by the United States government, um, you can still approach the day from a state of a state of mourning and a state of re remembering those who lost, who you know unfortunately passed away, um, and you can obviously comfort those and, and grieve with those who have um, had to go through that now the twentieth anniversary. Which is crazy because some of the people that I work with are um, <laughs> post 9/11, so um, it, it, it's it, it's crazy that it's that. I mean, I, I remember where I was at. I was in first grade when it happened, and I got uh, my grandmother came and got me from school because uh, all that happened, and I, you know, I had no idea at the time what was going on, and it wasn't until much much later that I, I fully realized the day. But even if you believe that, you know, Dick Cheney was remote controlling the airplanes or um, that they put C4 or whatever in the buildings or it was just completely what the, what, what, what the narrative was um, you can still look at the day and you can still mourn those who lost um, it's, and you can still comfort the people who, who we lost on that day and I'll, I'll be sure to watch the Yankees and Mets game tomorrow night because I'm sure they'll do something um, to honor to honor that and uh, it'll be it'll be cool to see what they do, because um, 
Yeah, I, I, um, I'm trying to find the words. I, I did think it was cool that they did put a Subway series over the weekend for 9-11. Because um, I know that was one of the big games. I mean, W threw out the first pitch for that, that really big game they had at Yankee Stadium. And, of course, that was, you know, one of the better ceremonial first pitches as far as performance-wise. Not a, not endorsing or covering anything after that was caused by uh, uh, George George W. Bush and his presidency. But um, maybe this could be a moment where we can kind of put aside differences and, um, you know, comfort those and be with those who, who lost and who, who fortunately passed away and the still living victims of it. Um, maybe maybe kind of um, reach out to somebody if you know somebody about it and um, be there for them. Because that's when this episode will come out on on um, unless you're a Patreon member. Which, by the way, hey, look, five bucks a month on a Patreon, you, you can get episodes early and it's also a great way to directly support us. So we do appreciate the Patreon. Also check out t-shirts and you can follow me on Twitter at jstandard underscore. Um, Twitter's kind of a mess right now and I got some things I want to talk about on Twitter. So, um, the big thing that I really want to talk about, and this was happened last week, I wanted to mention because there was no Monday show, and that was the plan to talk about this on Monday. But um, between traveling back from Labor Day, uh, there was just, me and Joe completely ran out of time for that. So I do apologize for the Monday episodes. I'm really getting convicted if we miss an episode because I know some people do um, contribute to the Patreon. I'm like, they're paying for episodes that we're not putting out. I really do feel bad about that. Um, so maybe if we have missed an episode, we'll do something cool, um, unique, maybe just for the Patreon members. I think that might be something cool once we get kind of, um, if we do get more, um, Patreon members, we have a nice little following of um, a, a couple dozen or whatever. That'd be really awesome. Um, maybe at that point we can do something cool. Um, that's something that I was been I've been convicted about and, um, I, any Patreon members are out there listening. I do apologize if we, <laughs> if you've been let down in that sense, um, cause, and don't think I'm not thinking about it because I honestly am but there um, was an episode on Monday because of travel and then an episode of Friday because we of course we were traveling again so there was just it was kind of a it was a d- d- double whammy but I did want to talk about this and I didn't want to kind of give my um, testimony and my sort of um, um, personal um, I don't know what's the word for opinion upon this um, and of course, I'm speaking about uh, so Joe Rogan. So those who don't know, those who live under a rock and don't know who Joe Rogan is, um, heavily involved in the in the UFC, uh, mixed martial arts. He also hosts Fear Factor. We mentioned him many times on this on this podcast. He hosts the largest podcast in the world, the Joe Rogan Experience. Which I'm going to go ahead and get my personal, um, I don't know what I'm look, looking for, um, opinions or um, conflict conflict of interest. Personally, I do love Joe Rogan. I think he's one of the most open-minded celebrities in the whole, um, in all of America. I do think that he's incredibly intelligent and he's not a stupid man. Uh, you, you can't sit there and have conversations with some of the smartest people in the world um, who come on his show and, and just, you know, you, you know you, you, he, he, goes from, he goes from interviewing guys like Neil deGrasse Tyson and Gad Sad and all these different other scientists and doctors. And then he talks to Elon Musk and he has a way to connect with everybody um, in a different way. And that's incredibly talented and the ability to read a person and to read a room. Because um, interviewing people's hard and having an entire um, wide, diverse cast of people that come on his show, it. it it is it is pretty incredible and I and I do give him credit for that and I do see him as a um an inspiration I do see him as um someone that I do look up to um in podcasting I think that he's the best and he's the best of the best there's just there's no way to other way to put it so um I believe it was Sunday or Monday he put on his Instagram that he um tested positive for the virus and, you know, there was a the, the, the initial reaction from it was kind of mixed. There were some people who, you know, um, have common interest or, you know, friends or some with, with him or, or do admire him as a podcaster person, whatever, um, did come out and say, you know, hey, get, get well soon. As a person would do for another person who contracted a virus that can get you sick and has killed people. So, you know. There's always that. And then there's people who took this opportunity to completely slam dunk him and 
and say, oh, well, you should have gotten the vaccine. Are you are you regretting it now, Joe, because you came out against it? Because Joe Rogan, of course, was controversial a few months ago, which actually <laughs> one of the, was the first podcast um, episode to get taken off of YouTube. Thanks, YouTube. Um, <laughs> um, and got us a community strike, which is still there until October, um, where he said that if you're you know, at a certain age that you probably don't need to take it. Or if someone like him who's incredibly healthy, um, those of you who don't know what what, what Joe um, puts his body through and and what he does to keep himself healthy, it's incredible. Um, He he does, you know, um, um, cold shock ice therapy. He he uses a sauna every single day. He eats very clean, exercises. Um, He's in fantastic shape. So, he really takes care of himself. So from his perspective, he's like, I'm young. I don't, I, well, I mean, he's not young, but he's not elderly, you know, like um, can't walk elderly. <laughs> um, he takes care of himself. So I probably don't need to take this, right? I, I, I my body is tip top shape. I probably don't need to take this. So, you know, he, he didn't. And some people were saying, well, well you're going to regret it now. You should have taken the vaccine. Which it's funny because it won't stop you from contracting it or spreading it. This this you know medical procedure, but um, it, <laughs> just, <laughs> I do always find that funny. We're gonna get into that later. But they took opportunity, slam dunked on him, and um, Joe Rogan released a, a a video explaining this. Now, several days later, last week, I think it was on either Wednesday or Thursday, he released another update on his health. And he said that he gave a full testimony for his course of the the condition of the virus when he had it. He said that on Sunday or Monday, he contracted it, immediately went to um, get better because Joe Rogan, incredibly busy, can't really take a whole lot of time to, to be sick at home. So immediately went, got um, the um, Regeneron antibody treatment, went ahead and got a bunch of vitamins and a bunch of um, IV fluid. Basically what I went through besides the Regeneron, when it got, whatever they would give him, he, he took it, you know, the whole steroid treatments and he took um, a bunch of other um vitamin drugs and, and drugs to help um, your, your breathing and, and um, fight off any infections and, and antiviral, stuff like that. But And no one had any issue with that, right? No one has any issue with that. But the one thing, and I don't know if I can even say what he took because I might get this thing taken off of YouTube, but he came out and said that he was taking ivermectin. Now, ivermectin, of course, is the boogeyman of the drug world, right? We're supposed to hate it. First, it was hydroxychloroquine. And well, now that Trump's gone, we don't care about that anymore. Now it's ivermectin. Now it's ivermectin. You're not allowed to take ivermectin. You know, it's not FDA approved and they came out against it. But he said he's been taking ivermectin, which for those of you who don't know, it's a Nobel Peace winning drug that was used as an antiviral. It's it's I know the media likes to portray it as this, um, you know, horse dewormer, which it is. I'm not going to come out and say that. Oh, well, they're that that's um, false and incorrect. But that's extremely shallow and that's extremely misleading. That would be like saying that ibuprofen is only for headaches. That's it. It is a headache treatment. Why are you taking it if you stubbed your toe and your toe hurts a little bit now? Well, you probably shouldn't do that. Or you got a fever. You shouldn't take that headache medicine. I know this is a new concept, but, you know, a drug can have more than one use case. This is entirely possible. We are not living in a single use case um, society when it comes to drugs. Yes, veterinarians do use ivermectin paste and injections for 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 dewarming horses but they also use it to help treat people who have viral infections in humans because you can get ivermectin prescribed to you just like he did from a doctor a doctor prescribed him this drug 
And all these doctors now are being told not to prescribe it. Don't prescribe it. You're not allowed to do that. They're getting licenses pulled from this. Personal story. Whenever I caught this, the physician that I went to see prescribed me ivermectin. I had a prescription for ivermectin whenever I was sick. And whenever my family was sick, they prescribed all three of us ivermectin. The pharmacy would not fill it. They blocked it. But I was prescribed by a medical professional this drug. So you tell me, who's being anti-science here? I'm just taking what the doctor ordered. Remember, trust the experts. I go see an expert and I say, hmm, I'm not feeling too great. What should I take? They say take ivermectin. Now, personally, I've never taken the drug. I couldn't get my hands on it. If I did, would I have taken it? Probably for a little bit or however long I was told to take it by my, by my medical professional. But, but this is the great boogeyman now. Now they're saying that Joe Rogan is pushing this heart dewarmer onto the public and saying, well, now it's okay to go out there and, 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 and to take this. Which is, again, incredibly misleading, which is why he is talking about suing them. He said, quote, do I have to sue CNN because of the coverage? I say go for it, Joe. I know you're not listening to this podcast, but go, go for it, man. After some of the coverage that I have seen from you, and, and not from the standpoint of like a doctor going on there saying, well, I wouldn't advise it, but I do wish him the best. It's no, this man is dangerous. This man is leading to the deaths of thousands by pushing this. That was the coverage that was being pushed against Joe Rogan. And it was the, I hope you don't, or I hope you do overdose on this or get or get even sicker from this than something else that was the coverage from this that was what these people were saying and then you had idiots like roll at at rolling stone magazine who i have my own issues with not related to this but other things and then you have people like rachel maddow who, you know, over the course of the last five years have pushed this complete Russia hoax. And nothing, of course, has happened to her as far as misinformation or, or misleading the public in any way. Stating that Trump was a, a puppet of Putin and was installed by a foreign power <laughs> because of foreign power meddling and that he was secretly working for, for, for the Kremlin. That was the narrative being pushed by this person, this MSNBC host. So not only do we have a Rolling Stone story, which I'm going to tell you in a second, you have the you have mainstream news coverage of this story. CNN, MSNBC, um, MSNBC covered it as well. The story was that in Oklahoma, hospitals were so backed up because of people overdosing on this drug that gunshot victims were turned away or left waiting in the waiting room because of people overdosing on this drug. Now, on the face value, if that's true, man, that's pretty bad. And of course, all this comes out in the wake of, you know, (laughs) Joe Rogan proposing he's taking this and they're talking about they're talking about people that actually go and they go it's like it's like a tractor supply and they go and they 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 buy this and horses weigh a little bit more than the average uh human so if you take too much of it it can cause some problems now the entire story about oklahoma hospitals and ambulances being overrun and backed up because of all this um was completely false completely fabricated Multiple newspapers, multiple newspapers called the hospital, and the hospital was like, "Yeah, no, none of this is happening." And I think the one person they interviewed hasn't worked there in several years, or something like that. So yeah, he have a certifiable, certifiably false story, and then you have the official account of Rachel Maddow tweets this out saying. 
patients overdosing on ivermectin backing up rural hospitals and ambulances. The scariest one I've heard is seeing people come in with vision loss. And I think this is still up there on the on her Twitter account. I'll post a little thing about so Glenn Greenwald, who, who's been fantastic on this coverage um, as, as, as per usual. <clears throat> Excuse me. They have issued an update saying that it retracts the false story about gunshot victims and overflowing, but the Twitter account, as of four days after they promoted the story, was still up. And it might still be up now. So what about this misinformation that that uh, everyone keeps talking about? You know, you, you know, so Joe, um, um, so Joe Biden, and everybody's saying, "Well, misinformation's killing people." Well, what the crap is this? You also had another—I forget the state, but it was another state where another false story came out. It was saying that like like ninety-seven percent of all poison control calls was was related to ivermectin and they called the poison control like representative or whatever from that state and they were like no where'd you hear that from it's like they said it was like less than five percent which to me is completely negligible at that point okay 80 people out of your whole state overdosed on this drug it's not exactly an epidemic of of uh, mainstream media proportions at that point so where's the misinformation coming from? Is it coming from the right? Who there is data there, there there is studies out of out of Africa and parts of India, where whenever they gave this to people who were struggling, it helped them. Why can't we let doctors prescribe drugs for patients on a case per case basis? Why is the FDA putting their nose into freaking everything and telling doctors and telling medical professionals what they can and cannot do with their with, as a practice? Right? I went to this doctor because I trust them and I want them to help me get better. Whatever they if if I truly trust this person, I truly believe that they're going to help me improve. I'm going to do whatever they say. That's why we go to doctors. That's why we don't do surgery on ourselves in our homes. Because 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 we, because we outsource, we take that service and we bring it to somebody else who's an expert. Why are you making this more difficult than it needs to be? Look, if a doctor believes that ivermectin helps their patients let them prescribe it if they don't then they won't prescribe it why is this so difficult joe rogan's doctor felt that that was the best course of action for him at that time what's the controversy here you can't get this drug without a prescription so i'm not really sure <laughs> not really sure uh where the controversy is here as myself I was prescribed it. There is a prescription script for my name for ivermectin that exists out there for my medical professional. So I, I don't know. What, I don't know what else to say on this one. I hope that Joe Rogan sues the crap out of CNN, and I hope he wins. I really, really do hope he wins. On the next thing, I really want to talk about. Um, I, I of course will link the article you can go read about Joe Rogan, and then I'll link the Glenn Greenwald tweet. And you can go look if you don't follow Glenn on Twitter. What the crap are you doing? Go follow, go follow Glenn Greenwald on Twitter. I don't, I know, I don't, I know that I myself, with my measly little hundred something followers, don't need to go promote Glenn Greenwald. But some people listen to this podcast who are not the most politically inclined. Maybe have a Twitter, maybe don't. Um, and sometimes maybe look for good, good people to follow and read. Uh, you're not gonna find a much better guy than Glenn. I'm just saying that. Um, he's he's. I've talked about the show many many times, but he's one of the one of the best. Something else I'm gonna talk about here, and again, I really do want to be careful with the way that I say things on this show. Not that I'm gonna like hurt anybody's feelings or anything, but I I do really want to make sure that I do get my point across in a way that everybody fully understands what I'm trying to say. So, buckle up, cause here, here, here we go. Joe Biden announced yesterday that there is going to be a new sweeping vaccine mandate. 
And this is the moment, this is the time that it is, look, look, it is put up or shut up time. The line has been crossed. He has came up to the line and it is crossed. Here's what he had to say. He said, we've been patient, but all our patience is wearing thin. And your refusal has cost us all. I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure when he talks about you all, uh, or no, so I'm sorry, your refusal. He's not talking about people that have undergone this procedure, people that wear masks or, you know, they're following the science. Only he's talking about those people. The unvaccinated minority can cause a lot of damage to us. That's what he said. So he has officially came out and said that all federal employees will have to go and get this medical procedure. They'll have to undergo it. They're, they're not going to be able to um, go, go around this. This is what it's got to do. The expansive rules and on top of that, not only the federal, like, like the federal's bad, but then again, you're working for the federal government. So like, at, what did you expect? Like you knew this was coming. You knew um, back last year that once they announce a vaccine, you're going to have to go and get this thing. If you work anywhere in government, you knew this was going to happen. Here's what also happened. He announced other expansive rules that would mandate all employers with 100 workers or more to be vaccinated or tested weekly, affecting about 80 million Americans and about 17 million healthcare workers that receive federal Medic Medicare and Medicaid. So not only are we going from the federal government, but now he's taking this private. Things, things to the private sector. If you have a hundred employees or more, which I don't understand how it's going to work from the standpoint of like a corporation that has other um, units, because like your average uh, fast food place or your average restaurant or average like department store, um, let's just use like Best Buy for instance. Best Buy does not have a hundred employees per store. Um, there's no way they have a hundred people on payroll, but Best Buy, the, the corporation, definitely does. So how's that going to work? Or is there, they're going to have to, because if, if, if that's the case, then every single major corporation and every single major company who has, who has a, a, a chained um, structure where they have uh, multiple locations, but, um, but a, a, a central board of directors, central hub, a central um, corporation structure will, will fall under this. So I'm not sure exactly what, um, what we're going to have to, what this is going to apply to, but any business any any employer with a hundred or more people require them to get vaccinated or tested. The requirement for large companies to mandate vaccines or vaccinations or weekly testing for employees will enact the forthcoming rule of the Occupational Safety Health Administration that carries a fourteen thousand dollar penalty per violation. This rule require that large companies provide paid time off for vaccination too. So hey, you get a little vacation in case you get vaccinated. So, $14,000 per violation. So, that means if every, think about that, what's, what's 100 times 14,000? And that's what the, viol, I guess that's what the violation is going to be. Is that a one-time thing? $14,000? Why is it not $15,000? I, I think they're, they're, they're skimping out here on the price of, of the, the violations here. But here, here we go. Here we go. Remember whenever Joe Biden said, like back in December or whatever, he said it's not not the, not the federal government. We're not we're not looking at mandating this thing. And even Jen Psaki, not even that long ago, the, the very failed press secretary, came out and said that it's not the federal government's job to mandate this vaccine. And of course, some people will say, "Oh, it's not a federal mandate, Jacob. You can just work somewhere else." Really? Is that now the option? It's either lose your job or take this thing that you don't want. Is that, what, is, that what, is that what this country is coming to now? It's going to affect 100 million. One third of this nation is going to be affected by this rule. One third. What do you want me to say on this? It's here. This is what we have been talking about for this long. They're not going to stop until everybody takes this thing. They're not going to. He already said 
in the same thing, in the same little press conference thing, he said that it's going to be the same. He wants to, he wants to, any sort of um, um, travel, plane, train, any sort of sporting event, anything dealing with a concert or an event hall, anything fun or anything that, or anything of necessity, your job. You want to go to a baseball game. You want to go to a concert. You get to show proof of vaccination or a negative test. I'm already seeing it some places here in Atlanta. Like I don't, I, I don't, I don't mind going and getting a test to go to a concert. But the hassle of having to wait in line at a minute clinic or having to get an appointment, which are extremely rare, to go get tested. I'm not going to take an entire afternoon. Of my week to go get tested, you know I'm gonna do. I'm gonna forge something, or, or I'm gonna do something like that, because this—that's ridiculous. At this point in time, for people that are afraid about going to a concert hall, like this is what I've never, I never, I never understood up people who are going to a concert hall. I, I have like three concerts coming up this, this year alone, towards the end of the year. If you're going to go to a concert hall and you're going to go to some of the, the, the venues that I'm going to go to, you're standing shoulder to shoulder with somebody for about three to four hours. If you were afraid about t- catching this thing, maybe you don't go to that show. I, I, I don't know. If, if I was so worried about catching something and I had some kind of immunocompromised disease where I, I could get very sick and, and die, guess where I'm not going to go? A crowded place like that. So that's that. That to me is is the most idiotic place to, to mandate this thing because it's not like you don't know the risks. It's not like this is completely full like, whoa, I had no idea that if I went and stood next to somebody who maybe didn't feel too great and stand around a, an entire closed off room with a thousand people that I maybe could get sick and catch something if somebody had it. You can't play ignorance on this one. It's too late. It's been too long. This thing's been around too long to play ignorance. I don't know where I caught mine from, but you know what? I caught it because I was around other people. And I, was, and I caught it because I was living my life and enjoying my life. Yes, I had two or three sucky weeks. But you know what? It was completely worth it because I had an entire, almost two years of living my life. And going and doing things and going and seeing people and playing concerts and going on vacation and seeing the people that I love and going to church and being in fellowshipping. That was all worth it because I count everything that I did outside of, of March 2020 when this thing first landed here, I consider leading up into that moment. If I had to exchange those three sucky weeks of whenever I was sick for the year, I wouldn't do it. I would not make that trade. Because life is too short. Life is worth a life that I lived over the course of the last year. That's a life worth living. Being stuck in this, being stuck in this house, in this room for that long and missing out of everything. That's not worth living. I wouldn't trade it for the world. And even if, as I wrote on Twitter, even if this thing killed me and I passed away, I would have no regrets because I have to consider that entire year and a half that I had, that I lived my life as the same thing. I had to, I have to consider all of that because whenever I went out in public, whenever I went on vacation, I went to Disney, I flew on a plane. That's all assembling risk. That was all risk that was taken up all that point. And I just happened to catch it now. I could have caught it May of 2020 and then live my life up within that point. I didn't shelter myself. I didn't cower in fear. So I, I, I really do have to ask people at this point, now that this thing's out there. And now that, and now that like everybody who's wanted this thing has taken it at this point. What, what else are you waiting for? Right? This thing is the miracle. It's supposed to help. It's supposed to prevent you from dying. You've taken it. Okay, cool. Why do you need everybody else to take it? I still have never found a, a, a solid argument on that. I, I, I still just have never, never, ever found 
a a, a, a concise argument upon that, right? Um, but there was a great tweet. Now, I, I'm not the largest fan of, of this man, but he did have a pretty good tweet. He said, um, he said, I got the vax. This comes, this comes from uh, Matt, Matt Walsh. I got the vaccine and it works and I trust it. But if you don't get the vaccine, then I will get sick and die and it will be all your fault. So please get the vaccine because it works and because I'm vaccinated and will die of COVID if you don't get vaccinated too. Like what kind of circle logic is that? Look, my my reaction to this to this sweeping measure of 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 stiff arming companies into saying, "Hey, you're gonna inject your employees with this, or we're gonna steal fourteen thousand dollars per person." My reaction to that was, Republican governors, it is time to. Show up or shut up. This is it. This is the final. This is the final countdown. We are here. I said the vaccine passport. This is we're, we're there. We are there. You have the federal government declaring war on everybody who works for a company who doesn't work for a large corporation. That has a hundred. Let's just assume the worst case scenario on this so I can get my point across. Let's assume, for instance, that if you're a part of a corporation and you work for, let's just say you work for Starbucks. Let's let's say that Starbucks had, had, had no plans to to mandate this thing to people. But you're I mean, obviously, a Starbucks does not employ 100 people, but it's a part of a larger corporation. As I said earlier, let's assume that that scenario applies to this mandate. And now you have an owner of this Starbucks who's like, well, I have to require everybody take this thing and, and, and report it to OSHA or else I'm going to get a $14,000 fine per person and be shut, essentially shut out of business. Don't get me started on, on, on OSHA and the fact that that piece of garbage organization should never exist. Just for reasons like this alone, which I don't understand how the federal government can sit there and mandate laws through executive fiat that have never passed Congress. I know that there's many CNN lawyers who are like Jacob or the, uh, the, the Massachusetts versus versus Jacobson or whatever. Yeah, completely different context. And everybody who cites that thing is, an, is a moron because they don't understand the context of that. So don't get me started on that one. We have a president who literally came out and said that you're going to do this or I'm going to take $14,000 from you. If that isn't dictatorship power, dictatorial power, I don't know what is. What do we need to say at this point? The GOP governor's pledge, um, so many, many GOP governors came out and said they're going to sue over this. Suing? That's, that's kind of weak, guys. That's like, well, I'll see you in court, as the Christie Gnome said. That's pretty weak. Um, what did uh, what did uh, Brian Kemp said? Brian Kemp said, I will pursue every legal option available to the state of Georgia to stop this blatantly unlawful overreach of the Biden administration. Okay, Brian, what happens whenever that fails? Because we know it's going to fail. We know that this thing is not going to be overturned in the courts. They're not going to do it. I, I, I can guarantee you. What are you going to do then? Well, I guess we lost, so I guess you'll have to just... Stiff arm my state into, into bending to your will. It's time to, 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 to put up or shut up, guys. All of these GOP governors, it's time. This is it. This is the final countdown. Remember how we always talk about how, how we'll, um, if, if, if any sort of dictatorship happens in America or if the government ever turns tyrannical, um, we have the guns and we're going to take it over, Right? If the government becomes tyrannical, it is your duty to overthrow it. Well, here we go. What more do you want? I'm being a hundred percent. I'm being dead serious right now when I say this. What more do you want? Trump supporters, people who are not people, people like normal, normally thinking people who don't think that you should be forced or fined. To, to undergo a medical procedure 
are you just gonna are, are, are we just gonna bend the will and be like well i mean like, i can't i can't we can't lose my job and i get it look i have a job too i have bills to pay i have i have, I have expenses I, I get it this sucks man i can't speak on the standpoint of a business owner but what is a business owner supposed to go through with this they can't incur that much money per person this is where governors have to pull the trigger. They have to say, if, if they lose, sue them, whatever, right? If, if they lose in the courts and this thing goes through, this is where governors have to say, we're done. That's it, we're done. We're not going to push around anymore. Is time for decentralization. Is past time for decentralization. It is time that Republican governors take their states out of this union. What kind of union is this? Think about this for a second. Oh, we're the great United States of America. This this great union. Un, indivisible, Jacob. You, you say it every day. The Pledge of Allegiance. Indivisible. We're this great marriage of states. Wow, this is a pretty crappy marriage. When you got one spouse saying, hey, you're going to undergo this medical procedure or I'm going to stiff arm you at gunpoint for 14 grand a pop. What kind of marriage is that? What kind of relationship is that? That's not a union. That's not a relationship. We're done. It's over. This is the only way things can go peacefully is if we divorce. America needs to divorce. I've said it multiple times on this podcast. It needs to happen. There needs to be secession. There needs to be decentralization of power in this country for reasons that we're seeing right now. It's over. They've crossed the line. Either this or with a vaccine passport system where they made it illegal to enter a, a you know a, an indoor building without you know a barcode. It's over. This is it. This is the point. I shared a fantastic video. The, the video has gone on with Dave Smith on, on his podcast, and he was talking about this. And he said he was he was referring to the the, the passport, but I would I would I would argue that he would uh, also agree on this. This is the line in the sand. They've crossed it. They have crossed the line in the sand. I this is not saying that like you shouldn't go take this, or if you don't want to look. Perfect example. You can go and take this thing and believe in it and still be against this. That's not impossible. Just because you go and you take this vaccine, which is fine. I don't care. That's your right. That's your privacy. It's not even, don't tell me. I don't care. You can go and do that and be fully vaccinated and, and, and everything else and still be like, no, you shouldn't be forced to go and take this. I know many people that way. In fact, most people I meet are that way. They're like, yeah, of course no one should be forced to take this. I did it because I thought it was the right decision for me. I'm not going to get mad if you don't. I think that's a very... I think it's a, that's, I think that's a difference that some people um, don't understand is that, well, if you take it, then you, then you necessarily give into this system. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. That I'm, I'm not sure it's, it's that black and white. Like, that's the reason I won't... The two reasons I won't ever, as long as I can take, forego it, that's why I don't want this. I don't want it because, I'm, number one, I don't think I made it. I have antibodies. I had the blood test. They're there. So don't, don't, don't send me mean tweets about this. I had a blood test. I had the antibodies. So, got the proof. I don't, I don't, I don't think I need it, number one. And number two, the furthering the further context of this is different than anything else and you can't deny that the hardest people pushing this thing can't can't deny that either the context that is being that the 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 implications of of, of what's being pushed behind by the federal government and other governments around the world is different than any other medical procedure that we've seen in the history of this world it's different you can't deny that you didn't have you don't have this the same thing for polio or smallpox or anything else. And you never did. You never did. 
You never had the government saying, well, if you get 100 more employees, you got to go, 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 go get your, your, your polio vaccine. And if you don't, well, that's going to be 14 grand a pop. It never happened. So you can't sit there and tell me this is different. Joe Biden came out and said this is not about personal choice or freedom. And it, Joe, yes, it is. Yes, it is. This is it's always been about personal choice or freedom. Anything to deal with your body and anything to deal with anything medical. Anything that deals with solely yourself. You, Jacob Standard, whoever else. You, you, yourself and nobody else. Is none of anybody's business. It is completely a private matter. Nobody has the right to know. Nobody has any business of knowing what you've undergone. I mean, we had a protection against that. Um, but I guess that just doesn't apply anymore. So where do we go from here? I I, I like to think about what what Michael Malice was always about this because Michael Malice is the is the is the greatest white pill in all of this. Um, he's the one that keeps me sane, especially when I read tweets like this. So this is a tweet from uh, she's an evil evil person. And, and look, I'm not saying the hyper, hyperbolically. Um, this is a woman who has gone on to CNN. She's a medical doctor. She's gone on to CNN, and she has said that it needs to be difficult to live as an unvaccinated person in America. So put whatever you want into that in there. She's all for not letting people go and shop and do other things like buying milk and, you know, buying buying groceries. Here's what she said. She said... <laughs> Biden should use his full authority to make it difficult for Americans who remain unvaccinated. Amazing. Amazing. One, requiring vaccination for interstate travel. If you want the privilege of traveling on a plane or train, you need to do your part and get vaccinated. Um, I'm pretty sure that other than Amtrak, most planes, um, most airlines are privately owned, so... Is a privilege who to, to use the services of a private company or to or to follow your your retarded interstate commerce laws, which which I know that's what they're talking about. Look, I've seen other people on Twitter who use the, the promote general welfare clause, which is com which is so grossly um, perverted be past of what it senses. If you said Promote the general welfare clause, and that's why everyone needs to be vaccinated, right, to promote general welfare. Well, let's give everybody $1,000 because, you know, that would be good for general welfare. Yeah, that would that would help general welfare by giving everyone $1,000. So, of course, we have, of course we have to pass that because it falls underneath, underneath the general welfare clause. That, that, that clause needs to be eliminated from every part of the Constitution. It's been not from the standpoint of like it's bad inherently, but because it has been so perverted past its sense. Number two, she said, urging businesses to implement no vaccine, no service rules and supporting San Francisco and New York in requiring vaccines to enter indoor restaurants, bars, gyms and other venues. So there we go right there. Right there. There it is. Cards have been dealt. The line has been crossed. No vaccine, no service. You want to go and buy groceries for your family so you can feed your family? Well, sorry, you don't have a vaccine. Which, <laughs> in those cities, the number one, the, the ethnic group that is the least vaccinated is minorities, is black and brown people. So maybe one could say it's a little racist to be for these policies, perhaps mandating that for all children 12 and older to be vaccinated as we do with other childhood immunizations as the as the uh, Los Angeles school district just did um, that one. I really don't that one. I, that one I've, I've always known. I've always known noon, but I've always known was going to happen at some point. Um, just because they're just going to work in the rotation. It'll, it'll be a part of like some schools require the flu vaccine. Some people require this and require that. Um, that at some point is not as shocking. That I always knew was going to happen at some point. Um, but um, I don't know, man. I, it, kids don't seem to have as much trouble with this as if you're 85. So why are we? I don't know why we're pushing it for that. I don't know. 
Number four. Issuing a national proof of vaccination as many other countries have done. Vaccine passports. Again, the line is crossed. This this woman is on CNN all the time. Probably has the president's ear. This, this woman's evil. Uh, I'll say it. Evil. If you're pushing for a national proof of vaccination, a vaccine passport system, where you have to show a barcode to enter a place of business, and if that business says, hey, hey wait, and if that business does not check or does not verify it, gets fined or put out of business, you're an evil person. You are an enemy to liberty. This woman is, 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 an, is an enemy to liberty, 100%. Urging states, local governments, and businesses to re-implement indoor mask mandates until vaccination rates are higher and cases are much lower. Half measures are not enough. We need to take drastic action to end the devastating COVID-19 pandemic. You know, they say end the virus. We need to crush the virus. Why is it now that doctors and scientists are coming out? There's an article I saw from CNBC that they said that COVID will never be eradicated, just like the flu. The flu's never eradicated. COVID, look, I, I, I said this when this whole thing first started, when we first started seeing this, and we started seeing doctors come out about this. Not the crazy cracked ones, but the ones who actually have, you know, original thoughts and, and disagreed and, and actually did research. They said this will never be eradicated. This was promoted last year. We... We, we talked about this. COVID will, will, will never go away. It's not going anywhere. Now, maybe at some point, it may be not, we don't be as, as widespread. But it, it, it's, it's not going to be over. You're not going to end this thing. It's too, it's too contagious. It, it's in the air. You, you're never going to get rid of it. So it's like the flu. The flu is too contagious. It, it gets around too much. Look, you got a flu vaccine. Lots of people take it every single year. People still get the flu. It hasn't gone away just because the vaccine comes out. I, I I don't know what people, what what more do people want? Folks, we're we are here. This is the moment. This is it. We 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 are, we are at that point in time. Well, there's, there's, there's no coming back. It has been issued. The cards have been played. Joe Biden and the OSHA and everyone else has played their cards. We know what they're doing now. There's no, there's no more high on the curtains about, oh, we'll, we'll weather. Oh, well, America won't become this country. No, we are that country. It's over. We're, we're, we're there. Now, I'll, I, I, again, Republicans... Fans of Trump, I, I know I speak to a lot of, I know there's a wide art, art, um, um, audience that I speak to. What are we going to do? I'll tell you what we need to do. What we need to do is we need to push these Republican governors. I, I, I live in a state where there's, a, where there's Brian Kemp my, my, is my governor. I think he's spineless and a complete joke. But Brian Kemp... What are what are what are you waiting for? Okay, you you go to court, and you and you let's just say for instance that you lose. Are you still not going to take it? Like, oh well, we lost, and that's just how it works. What are we gonna What are we gonna do? Are you gonna have federal government coming down, or are you gonna roll over and you're gonna aid the federal government? And you're going to send local PD to go there and enforce these rules. Look, what, do you, what, 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 what is the next step for this country? I said in the beginning, it's time to break this country up. It's a bad relationship, man. Sometimes it's okay to break up. People do it all the time. <laughs> it, it, it's not going to be like a, you know, a nice pretty break. It's, it's going to be some, it's going to be awkward for a while. But man, why are we still together? Why are why? This is not a healthy relationship here we have going on. This is deadly. Folks, it is time. And I think that 
I need to push this through to Republicans who who still for some reason hold on to this 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 mantra that we're all missed together. Are we bro, are we really in this together? How can you look at this last year and a half and say, "Yep, we're all missed together." What part of this is worth saving? The Star-Spangled Banner? Are, 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 we, are we really saving all of this for the thing that we sing at a baseball game? Are we saving it for a piece of cloth, which is the American flag? What are we save, what, what are we, what are we holding on to? The patriotism of the Founding Fathers? Look, the Founding Fathers, do you think for a moment that the Sons of Liberty, which are those who don't know your history, the Sons of Liberty were the, were the biggest activist group uh, against the crown. Samuel Adams, one of my, the, my favorite founding father, organized the Boston Tea Party, organized ways to boycott and, and um, organized ways to get around um, the crown's restrictions and rules and taxes, boycotted competed against them by making their own products that the crown sold advocated people to drink coffee instead of tea because tea was because tea came from the crown it was very expensive and coffee was a way to kind of push against that Samuel Adams look if Samuel Adams was alive today if Thomas Jefferson was alive today any of the anti-federalists and even some and even some of the Federalists, they would have stormed the Capitol. And I'm, and I'm not talking about a January 6th letdown. They would have taken this over again. Do we even understand what, the, what, what they were, what, what, what they fought the crown against was peanuts compared to what we have going on now? Folks, they would have left. Years, decades ago, they would have left this country. They roll in their graves at what has happened. Samuel Adams, man, he would have... He would have done things that I... If, if I said on, on this show, it'd probably get kicked off of YouTube as far as, you know, you can't advocate, you know, the V word against people. Violence against people. They all would have done it. They would have been called the terrorists. They would have been called the insurrectionists. Folks, it, 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 the, the, I don't want that. I don't want to have a violent revolution in this country. I don't want that. No. I this is what this show is about. This show is about not doing that. That's what I'm doing on Twitter. That's the whole point of this brand, the Standing Brothers show. And libertarianism, we don't want that. We don't want dead people on either side. I don't want a vaccine mandate, but I don't want people to, to do things that will get them killed. That's not what I'm about at all. And don't, and don't take what I'm saying as far as secession and as far as t tyranny and go out and do anything stupid. I, I will never advocate that. I will never advocate violence. I will never advocate any sort of... Um, Violent overthrow that is not sort of that's not self-defense in, in a way. I, I will never advocate. Okay, never advocate the initiation of violence. There you go. I don't want that, man. I don't. But I also don't want what we have right now. There's a simple way out of this, man. It's called secession. It's called divorce. What is? Ask yourself right now. If you're a if, if you're not a libertarian and you're not an anarchist and you're not an ANCAP or ANCOM or mutualist, whatever. I don't, I, don't, I don't care about labels at this point. I'm talking to people right now who still hold on to America. What, is, what are we holding on to at this point? If it's anything like what I just said, right? They're holding on to the founding fathers. I already told you with what they would have done decades ago. If, if it's, a, if it's the, the American flag, it's a flag, bro. We don't, over, we don't go through tyranny for a cloth. We don't undergo tyranny, and we don't sit by tyranny for a song that we sing. The values, the values of America, okay. 
we're just people. Just because you leave a, a, a country or let's say Georgia is the side to see from the union. We're now the country of Georgia, the second country of Georgia, whatever. The values don't change. We just no longer recognize the federal government as our government. And Brian Kemp becomes the president of Georgia, which I'm not exactly thrilled about, but I'd much rather have him at this point. And I can hold him more accountable than I can Joe Biden. We are moving in the right step. What is worth saving in this country? There is nothing sacred enough. It is a secular country. There's nothing worth saving. That, that is my message. Peaceful. Divorce. Divorce is the, peace, is the peaceful way out of this. It's the way we get on with our lives. And, and governors, man, I'm, I'm issuing it right now. Every single governor, whenever this lawsuit fails, you watch the governors that'll, that'll go by and they will... Because, look, they're not going to be able to send federal police or not going to send the FBI or whoever to all these other establishments to make sure they're following those rules. Oh, no, 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 no. This has, this has to be with the aid of, of, of local PD and local health departments and local um, officials. You see the governors and the officials that send their goons off to go enforce these laws. You just wait and see. Because it's coming. Oh, boy, is it coming. Folks, that is going to be the episode of the show. Um, thank you so much for listening to this. Man, I, I uh, that is the message, man. That is it. That's what I'm so hyped about with Liberty, man. That, that's why I'm involved in the Libertarian Party. It's stuff like this. And, I, and, and, and if it's your first time listening, I know all, all shows are not this sort of heavy, heavy topic-wise and heavy um, action-wise. What can you do if you're like, hey, Jacob, I, I really, really like this and I, and I want to learn more about this and I really, really think that this is the way out and you've, you've convinced me or if I haven't convinced you, you're interested. Go check out Mises, the Mises, the Mises Institute. Go check out the Libertarian Party. Go check out the Mises Caucus. Go listen to part of the problem with Dave Smith or... Um, I, th- I think, I think it's, um, lockdown, Ugh, go listen to Clint Russell on celebrity lockdown, Liberty lockdown, go listen to, um, to Reed Coverdale from the naturalist capitalist, go listen to Pete Cononez, free man beyond the wall, go listen to Michael Malice, go read Michael Malice. These are all people that you can go and the resources are there. These people will help you. Like, trust me, at one point I had no idea anything about this. Well, over the course of years, I have, I have learned and I've honed in on this. And there are some really, really awesome people out there in the community on Twitter. I'll be happy to talk to you and help you understand everything if you come from a willingness to go and learn. We're not, there's, you're not alone if you feel like this, what I'm trying to say. If you're like, hey, I, I'm, I'm, this is something different. Go listen to um, so Luke Randowski. Tim, Tim Pool's getting on board with this more and more th- each day. Tim, Tim Pool's great. Eric July is great. Go listen to all those guys. You're, we're, we're not alone. There are people who feel like this, and I think that the line's been crossed, bro. This is it. This is the episode. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Standing Brothers Show. Episode number 107, 108, probably, something like that. I don't know. Um, I got a full hour out of that. <laughs> I got a full hour. How about that? Uh, every time I do an episode, I think it's going to be like 30 minutes long, um, but it ends up being uh, over an hour. I get I get, I get, get that hour mark. It's pretty good. Um, guys, go check out myself on Twitter, at jstandard underscore. Go check out Joe. Joe is off Twitter again, um, so don't expect a lot of tweets, but you can still go follow him. He is at Joe Stanberg. Um, best way to reach us um, on the show is the Standing Brothers Show at gmail.com is the best way to reach the, um, the show. Please consider checking out the um the Patreon. Um look, the Patreon is not there to like 
for for income. Let's just say that we're not we're not we're not like making money off the show to supplement ourselves. Whatever money we make off of the Patreon, off off the T-shirts, that all goes back into the into the show. So the reason why we have that is is so we can improve the show. We we're we're looking at getting a new audio interface. Maybe we can have um our um some more guests on. I know that we had um our father on. I know that was a really um interesting episode. Um, and some people really did enjoy it, and I, I'm 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 thankful thankful for that 100. percent But that's what this that's what the Patreon is for. That's what the T-shirts are for. The T-shirts are super cool because I think that um, you can kind of have something physical. I have a T-shirt. I, I really do love the way that Teespring um, has this system for creators that you can do it. Um, but guys, from the bottom of my heart, and I know that Joe. Um, says thing as well every time that I get a comment every time that I get as encouragement about the show even if they disagree even if someone's like Jacob I think you're completely wrong but I but I, I like the way that you try to speak on things and the way you try to open up people's minds and the same thing with Joe man um, does that just not uh, make it make it all worth it make everything 100% worth it man I that's the reason why that's re, that's sometimes the reason why I I keep going because I know our audience is small I know that we're still um, growing I know we're still trying to still, still still trying to um get the word out there but every time that you get the podcast out there every time that you share every time you say hey go go check out this new political podcast standing by the show um, that's what keeps this thing going man so keeps this whole thing rolling and uh, I'm excited for um the this journey we're on I'm excited for look. Uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm. Things are gonna get worse before before they get better. But I really, I, I, I'm holding true to what Michael Malice says. When the things are gonna, gonna get worse, before they're gonna get better. But things will get better, and we're 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 gonna get there. You just gotta hang on, man. It's gotta hang on. You gotta get the word out. You gotta get the message out. And that's what this is all about. Um, this is this the whole podcast is about is getting the message of liberty, of freedom, sweet sweet freedom to people. That's what. That's what we're all but uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for all that. Hey, get on that Patreon. You listen to this podcast a day early. Um, oh, man, I, I, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm hyped about it. I'm so glad I'm feeling much better about this. Um, hopefully, you guys have a great weekend. Hopefully, you guys go do something amazing. I know I always say that every Friday, but I really do sincerely mean it. Um, and, and times like these, it's, 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 it's more important than ever to go and make sure that you are living your life to the fullest and doing everything um, to, the, to the fullest, whatever that is. I mean, positively, of course. I'm not talking about anything that's you know, of negative and destructive. I'm not talking about that. But positive. That's what I'm all about. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check out Monday's episode, which will be up. I don't know what we're talking about yet, but whenever that pops up, be sure to check it out. Guys, have a great weekend and take care. I'll see you guys. Tranquility Base here. We go Tranquility, we copy you on the ground. We got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot.